Welcome, welcome. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to All Things Billy. I'm your host, Michael Anthony Judicici. And we've got an excellent guest for you today, Mr. James Townsend, researcher, genealogist, musician, writer. Um, James has developed a number of theories based on fact um, about uh, some pretty big holes in the Billy the Kid, Brushy Bill, John Miller story. And he's going to uh, go over those for us. Um, we're also going to talk about a uh, photograph that's apparently been around for quite a while, um, 15, 20 years. And uh, it's from right here in New Mexico. And uh, we're going to talk about the uh, provenance for that photograph, uh, which, gosh, <laughs> looks more like Billy the Kid than any other photograph I've ever seen. Um, if you are listening on the podcast, you obviously can't see it. So what you should do is in, I don't know, a few days or a week, head on over to my YouTube channel, Michael Anthony Judicici, and uh, subscribe to that. Because what I do is I take the audio of the podcast and marry it up to usually just one image. But for this episode, I'm going to include a number of images uh, of uh, of a bunch of different people. So you can get a look at uh, at what we're talking about and uh, get a better sense of it. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. That would be hugely helpful to me. And uh, And of course, you can always listen here and take me with you wherever you take me with you, please, wherever you go to the gym, to the grocery store, to the, I don't know, wherever you go, to the mountains. Um, so uh, yeah, take me away. Uh, you can always be involved with the show by emailing billythekidridesagain at gmail.com or catching us on Twitter at btkrides, R-I-D-E-S. You can leave a message, a tweet, picture, a uh, whatever, whatever you want there. I'd love to see your Billy the Kid tattoos. I really would. Let's uh, let's start a little contest. You know what? Here's what we'll do. Uh, I want you to email your pictures of your Billy the Kid related tattoos to BillyTheKidRidesAgain at gmail.com or you can tweet them, tweet them uh, at Twitter, BTKRides, and uh, we're going to pick the best one. We'll give you, uh, you know, well, let's give you two weeks to do this. And the best one... Uh, by my judgment, <laughs> is going to get a uh, absolutely free copy of my latest book, Four Empty Graves, autographed by moi. And I have, there's like one or two left, so I'm going to go put one aside uh, when we're done with today's show so that I don't uh, give it to somebody else. Yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll send it to you. If you've already got that book, um, you can pick one of the others in the series. How's that? Fun? Good. All righty then. So, um, since we're talking about that, before we uh, go any further with James, please, uh, you can now get Four Empty Graves on Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Walmart.com, uh, Apple Books, I, basically anywhere you buy books. I did a Google search this morning. You can get the paperback or the ebook, so you can read it right away. And you can finally find out what happened on February 18th, 1878 just outside of Lincoln, New Mexico. It's not what you expected. It's not what you thought happened. And the aftermath changes the course of history forever. But if you'd like the earlier books in the Back to Billy series, I'd love for you to read them. 
you just go to mankindpro, M-A-N-K-I-N-D-P-R-O.com. Look in the show notes for that link and uh, you can order them right there. Okay. All right. Uh, let's take a little break and we'll come back with Mr. James Townsend. Bum, bum, bum. All right. Well, welcome back to All Things Billy. I am your host, Michael Anthony Giudicissi, and I have a great guest with us tonight. Um, I asked him how to introduce himself because he does so many things, and he really played it down, honestly. He said, well, I'm kind of kind of a songwriter, and I'm a writer, and I'm writing this musical. But really, he's he's way more than that because when you start to hear about some of the research that he's done, and some of the things that he's found that really nobody else uh, has even thought to look for, uh, I think you'll find that James, Town James Townsend is a musician, songwriter, a writer of a, an upcoming Billy the Kid musical, uh, and uh, also quite the uh, researcher. And James, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, right. Congrats uh, to you on 30 Seconds in Hell. Uh, oh, thank you. I, I, I rented that the other night and watched. That was really good. Thank you. It's a, a testament to what you could do, uh, hopefully, with not a lot of money and very little time. So uh, you have to kind of write to your budget, but I appreciate that. So, Oh, yeah. So we're here to talk about Billy the Kid. And uh, the reason I, I was so interested to talk to you is because there's, let me get my, there we go, uh, is because there are so many of these kind of might be's coincidences they could be incredible finds uh if they're true that you have found you've uncovered these things and uh, a, a number of the things that i've kind of uh, talked to you about or you know you've you've messaged me about are things that i've just never heard or seen anywhere else and so i want to talk to those i want to talk about those with you and uh so we'll we'll kind we'll call this the uh, uh billy the kid's biggest discoveries or biggest mysteries how's that <laughs> that sounds good. All right. So one um, of them. Oh, no, go ahead, please. I was just going to say, I, I tend to, in all of these, lean more towards probably coincidences. Um, but, you know, coincidence and speculation to me are, are just part of the thrill of this whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I just love finding any connections. Uh, and you follow them through and maybe they connect and maybe they don't. But you've always had a pretty good journey and, and learned something along the way, you know. Yeah, and before we even get into those, you had written something um, in the last couple of days that said, hey, you know what, I'm not one of those guys that likes to get on somebody when they're uh, presenting something, especially like photographs that might not be real, because you never know, like you want to do the research, you want to yeah. be able to absorb it, you don't want to just jump on anybody. Um, but that's not really the way that a lot of the Billy the Kid historical community is now, is it? No, and and that's a shame. Um and I, I'm not a I'm not a religious person. Uh, I I identify with a lot of what you say. You know, as you preface your inexplicable experiences that you have, you know, you you're like I'm not religious. I'm you know, let me put this out there. But this happened. Uh, I'm I'm not that religious. Uh, but it, it's kind of like you see a lot of this fundamentalism in the historical you know research. Billy the Kid camp. You see people that that they kind of believe what they believe, and there's nothing that's gonna to turn them from this narrative one way or the other. And um, I've, I've just always been thrilled 
by the possibility and then you follow a theory or you follow a, a coincidence or a tidbit of information and if it leads somewhere that's great and if not then that's just one more thing you can mark off but you know if you found out if, through incontrovertible evidence that brushy bill was billy or that john miller was billy or that uh luis jaramillo was billy mm-hmm. um that'd be great i'd be thrilled uh it, it's not like i don't have anything invested in any one particular outcome i'm just fascinated by who billy was the time he lived in uh and the effect that he has on everybody today it, it's over 100 years later we're still talking about him, and i find that fascinating pretty um, crazy but no a lot a, a lot of people seem real hooked to to their theory or their idea of who billy was or what happened in the end or or whatever trail they've went down and yeah it's sort of like a fundamentalism you know it, it, it's an attachment it's that and it also reminds me of like your sports team like you know death right. to the opposing team and you know no <laughs> yeah. matter what you know i'm riding with my guys um but you're right it, it could be brushy it could be miller it could be luis jaramillo it could be pat garrett's story it could be the the uh, the uh, billy the kid in uh, washington state or massachusetts or in, i mean could be any of them. we don't we right. don't we really don't know we can take a look at the Absolutely. evidence and make an educated guess but you're, the the closing down of the argument, right? The anger, the vitriol that gets uh, kind of positioned at someone when they bring up a theory uh, really doesn't help the conversation. It just hinders it, and it makes it even uh, even more inflamed. And so we're less likely to get any truth out of it. Yeah, it's a shame to see. You know, I've had folks send me pictures and been like convinced it was Billy, and and I wouldn't see it, and I would just say, you know. I personally don't see it. I don't think it's Billy, but you know, that's just who am I? You know, (laughs) I can't give you provenance and I can't take it away. Uh, If you think it's Billy, that's awesome. You know, maybe it is, who knows? Well, you talked about a picture and this is going to be a great place to start because you sent me a picture the other night that I have never seen uh, before. And it is a picture that is purported to be Billy the Kid. Um, it's owned by someone in New Mexico. We decided we'd leave her name out of it because we don't want a bunch of yahoos, you know, knocking on her door trying to <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> um, but it, the picture stopped me in my tracks when you sent it because of all yeah. of the photographs that people present as maybe Billy. A lot of them you got to look at sideways and you got to go, okay. Right. Well, well, you know, if he got punched in the jaw or maybe, you know, it broke. Like, <laughs> like there's always, you got to explain something away. But this one, almost nothing needs to be explained away. Tell me about how you came about finding that picture and what the history is of it. Yeah, you know, uh, I spend a lot of time on uh, newspaper websites, uh, just surfing through keyword searches and, and going through. Uh, I wish I lived somewhere where I could access hard copies and microfilm and all of that, but I, I don't. Uh, so much of my research has been online. And uh, I came across that. I came across this article written in the early 2000s. Uh, and it, it talked about uh, this picture of Billy and it had this picture in the, the newspaper article. And I was like, man, I mean, I always thought looking at pictures, if you come across a picture of Billy the Kid, in addition to the accepted type you would just be like man that's him you know Mm -hmm. you and too often like you said you're going into like geometrical comparisons you're analyzing nose to earlobe length and like you know is this lip 
slightly. And it's just, I always felt like, man, if you saw a picture, it would just, you'd be like, oh my God, that's, that's totally him. Uh, this picture kind of gave me that pause. Uh, I'm not going to say I definitely think it's him. It could not be him, but man, I'm the same. I had the same reaction as you when I first saw it. I was like, oh man, that's, that could be Billy. Um, I have a couple concerns about it, uh, but you know, you, I think I even sent you kind of like a, a splicing that I did mm-hmm. of yeah. the ten type, the accepted ten type, and then that one. And it's like, man, that's kind of uncanny the way it lines up. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it 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 gave me pause. That's what I like to say. Um, now okay. I showed my friend Robert. Robert's uh, in Sweden. Uh, he's a big Billy fan, and we talk a lot. We met on Facebook, and. I showed it to him and he was like, no, nah, that's not Billy. No way. No hesitation. Not Billy. So really? see, people see things different, yeah. but man, it looks like Billy to me. I'll tell you that. It does. So I'm, I'm looking at it uh, now. And what I'll do is uh, when I put the YouTube version of the show up, I'll use this picture as the uh, background or, or the several versions of it. But especially with the split screen one, when you look at it, oh, you yeah. look at, you look at the eyes and you look at the shape of the eyebrows I mean, it looks like it's the exact same person. You know, like it looks like it's the same picture, even the shape of the nostrils yeah. and those kind of things. So it's, it really it's, does. <laughs> it's weird. So, but here's the thing with this picture or any of the other purported pictures of Billy without provenance, where are we? Do we just accept it and go, that's him? Do we just throw it out and go, there's no way it's him? Or do we keep digging? Is there any chance with a photograph like this that you think there's something hidden out there? that will connect this back to either absolutely being yes or no, Billy? I think there's always a chance to establish a paper trail um, and an ownership trail. Uh, We know, for instance, with this particular picture where the owner got it, uh, and we know the name of the person that the owner got it from, uh, we could probably dig into those records of, you know, that owner's history and where that owner may have gotten it from and who knows maybe we could trace it back i I haven't done that yet i haven't talked with the owner of the picture much um but it i feel like there could be a story there uh and some names we could track back uh if not if there's no provenance then you know it's it's i feel like it's going to be a subjective one by one case you know i think it's billy i think it's not um if I do some more digging, I'm not ready to say that I think the picture is definitely Billy. I think it looks like him for sure. And uh, if I do some digging and become comfortable on my own that it's Billy, then that, that satisfies me. You know, uh, I don't own it, so I can't sell it or anything. So right. I'm not, I don't have a big vested interest in in it. Uh, if we can't verify anything, but if I find enough where I think it is, then I would be satisfied just thinking, hey, that's that's definitely Billy, you know. Mm-hmm. We found one. It's pretty cool. And as I look at it, I've got it on my other computer screen here. It's got the he's got the same shaggy kind of wavy hair over the ears. Like the the hair's not as long. It looks like he might be a little younger in this picture, maybe a year younger. I don't know. Um, but uh there's really, really a lot of similarities. So I think people, if you haven't seen it, and I, and I haven't, so uh I'm, there's probably a bunch of others that haven't that um you'll get a kick out of it. And who knows, maybe I did speak with the owner today, lovely woman. Um, she said, look, I, you know, I, I can't prove it. Uh, I've shown it to some people. They've remarked about the, uh, the similarity, but um, you know, at this point we're, we're kind of stuck. So we're super yeah. James Townsend, maybe to the rescue here. <laughs> well, I, I tell you, uh, 
it looks like him to me. It just blows my mind. And you know, you had Susan Stevens, uh, Stevenson on the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You had her on the show and, uh, she helps me a lot. We we go back and forth with research and we're working on something with Joe and everything. And uh, she keeps me honest. I'll go down these rabbit holes and she'll be like, no, <laughs> no, it says it. So uh, I, I love Susan and uh, I showed it to her. She thought, you know, maybe it could even be his dad, you know? Um, so that was, that was interesting. Uh, it, that's one of my concerns about it was because you can see in one picture, the frame, and it kind of looks like, an older era frame mm -hmm. maybe from civil war you know the the gilded edges and everything and uh and the hat he's wearing kind of looks like an older period but um but i mean it does seem to have a lincoln connection or at mm -hmm. least a claimed lincoln connection uh when right. when the owner got it it was purported to be like hey this is this is from lincoln and and the owner the current owner grew up always in and her family thinking this is Billy the Kid, you know, it was just an accepted fact. And she told me at one point, you know, it, it's just familiar to me growing up. This was always Billy the Kid, this picture. So um, if that's the case, if there is Lincoln uh, provenance, uh, perhaps Billy had a picture of his dad. I don't know. Uh, it looks, I mean, if it, if it ain't him, they can be related. Let me just throw this out there. Maybe Billy was a time traveler. That's been heard before in the Billy the Kid circles. Well, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So you you have uh, developed a possibility, let's call it a theory, um, uh, a potential connection between Brushy Bill and Big Jim French of all people. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, and you sent me some of the evidence, uh, which to me uh, is is pretty compelling to at least uh, you know, follow. And, uh, I don't even know if it's a rabbit hole, but can you tell us more about that and what you found? Yeah, it's, uh, I, I agree. That's the word I would use too. It's compelling. Um, my goal when I get a theory or come across a piece of information that I want to pursue, I always try to disprove it. You know, um, that's kind of my goal. I, I set out to, okay, here's what I think. Here's my premise let me find some, let's, let's disprove it. So that would be the first step. And if I can't disprove it, then along the way, maybe I prove it, or maybe it gets lost in limbo and kind of with this theory, I'm kind of in limbo, uh, but I haven't disproven it yet. Uh, and it all started. Well, first off, I'll say, I don't think brushy bills, Billy, personally, that's my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't believe he was, I believe that he made it up. Um, but I was searching uh, some newspapers for info info on Brushy Bill. And I came across this article. Um, I think it was in like the 40, maybe the 30s. Uh, here we go. Uh, 1940, July 5th. Um, Brushy Bill Indian Scout attends show. And it, it's about the, this guy, at, at a, a former rodeo man, uh, claiming to be a Wild West showman and Indian Scout. Uh, says he's here from Gladewater, Texas, for the cowboy reunion. Uh, he's erect as an arrow in his cowboy clothes, keen of eye, looking easily 15 years less than his age, which we see that a lot, right? Because maybe he lied about his age. Mm -hmm. um, so so he's, he's just telling the newspaper, you know, the journalist about his life. Uh, he's talking about his mother, says she was half Cherokee Indian, which 
I believe it was before he was claiming, you know, any connection to the McCarty family or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says his father was Al Roberts, fought under, um, uh, who was it he said he fought under, uh, Sam Houston. Um, that was his grandfather. Um, but anyway, he says, I rode uh, Zebra Dan and Wild Hyena, both supposed to have been free from many man's back. Witnesses to that are Indian Jim, Jim Keever, and Barney Gibbs. And then he said he rode another horse, and a witness was Wild Jim. Uh, so I took these names. Uh, I researched each name. And when I researched Wild Jim, um, I found out that this this was a showman, and he had a show that he would travel around a lot like, uh, you know, all the other Wild West shows at its time. And his name was Wild Jim French. Bum, and bum, I thought, bum. well, that's interesting. <laughs> Wild Jim French. Jim French. Okay. Uh, there are lots of Jim Frenches. So. Sure. Um, I'm like, well, let's follow this. I was like, what if Brushy, you know, he's a young boy enamored with the Old West. Uh, you know, he's, he's in the area of Texas and, and uh, he starts, he takes up with this Wild Jim. And what if he travels around with this guy? And what if Wild Jim French is the Jim French from the Lincoln County War? And what a great place to hear all these firsthand stories about fighting in the war and, and riding alongside Billy the Kid. So I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's research this, this Wild Jim. Um, so Wild, Wild Jim French was a, a guy from New York born in 1852. Uh, he traveled with his parents and brothers and sisters to Illinois. And then he claims in newspaper articles that he fought with uh, General Miles, uh, who, after the Civil War, had some campaigns against the Native Americans. And then he ended up in Mexico, Texas, New Mexico. Uh, And then I found a newspaper article uh, in 1881, I believe, um, in Iowa. And the article said that while Jim was in town, and he's putting on an exhibition. And it mentions something that I found uh, coincidental. It said, uh, Wild Jim also saved the life of one of the employees of this newspaper in Las Vegas, New Mexico last summer. Hmm. So I thought, okay, that's, that's 1880 or 81. Uh, I'd have to find the article. Um, so that places Wild Jim in New Mexico around 1880. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, uh, shortly after the end of the Lincoln County War. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's about the time that Jim French disappears from the record. Um, so I can track Wild Jim French all the way up to eight, the 1870 census. Uh, by his claims, he he enlisted under General Miles. I haven't been able to verify that yet for the time spanning the lincoln county war and slightly afterwards i can't place him and then he shows up around 1880 and 1881 and he works with this traveling wild west show that he puts on all the way up till his death in 1917 so you know thus far i haven't been able to disprove that that hey this is not our jim french this isn't the regulator jim french and uh, but also I haven't been able to prove it, um, but it, it's compelling to me because 
there's a lot of folks who say, well, Brushy Bill knew things that only someone with firsthand knowledge would have known. Um, personally, I don't know what those things are. Uh, I, I, it seems to me like he could have got most of his knowledge from books that he read or that had, he had read to him. But uh, if there were things that he would have had to have known firsthand, this could have been the connection. This, you know, if you ride and travel under a regulator, a former regulator who sits around the fire and tells stories about the Lincoln County days, then yeah, you could probably pick up some interesting information. Um, so yeah, I, I think that, you know, I'm still looking into it. I would love it if that were Jim French. And something else that I found compelling, there's there's a picture of Jim French floating around. Uh, it's apparently unverified, mm-hmm. but I've always seen it. It's this picture of this crazy-eyed cowboy who honestly <laughs> looks a lot like Charlie Beaudry from the first Young Guns movie. Um, yes. <laughs> he's got curly hair. He's, he's kind of got a little mustache and some scruff on his chin, and he's got just this crazy look on his face, and he's like looking down away from the camera. Um, well, I found a book that Wild Jim wrote and published and sold at his Wild West shows, and it has a picture of him. That's the same guy. So uh, whether that picture is authentically Jim French, I'm not sure. But those two people are the same Jim French. And uh, if we could establish that that is an authentic picture of the regulator Jim French, then I would be 98% certain that this wild gem was Jim French. Um, I'm looking at the crazy eyes picture now. And it looks, <laughs> it looks like either somebody, you know, put a piece of pie in front of him that he wasn't expecting. Right. Or, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it is a, it's kind of disturbing almost. Yeah. I mean, you would have had, you, you had to hold that pose for a while for a, uh, for a ferrotype or a tintype. But, right. right. Um, uh, okay. So, so maybe, Wild Jim French, we know he existed. Uh, you're able to track yeah. him up through his death in 1917. Um, and is Brushy alongside of him riding in his Wild West shows and breaking horses? Well, I think there's three possibilities. Yes, Brushy Bill was not Billy the Kid, but he was, uh, you know, somehow involved, friendly with uh, with uh, Wild Jim French. If he's the Jim French from the Lincoln County War, he shared some inside details, and Brushy used that to concoct his story. That's one. Um, second thing is that, uh, you know, Brushy or Morrison maybe concocted the story with, you know, a bunch of pieces and, and fed that to Brushy for whatever reason, although I think that's kind of far-fetched um, when I, when I, when I read Morrison and see how genuine he is, or the third thing is maybe Brushy was Billy and he just hooked up with his pal and rode in his old West show, breaking horses. And he knew things about the Lincoln County war because, because he was in it. Um, and he just, you know, gravitated back toward, you know, one of the, one of the few guys that was, was left alive. So keep, uh, keep researching please. Cause we'd love to know, we'd love to know the answer here, but I, that, I've seen all the pictures. Again, I'll include all of these photos um, in the YouTube version so you can uh, compare them for yourself. But the the potential picture of Big Jim French looks a heck of a lot like the authenticated pictures of Wild Jim French. And uh, kudos to you yeah. for finding all those. Oh, I, I appreciate it. I, you know, it blew my mind when I saw that picture of, of Wild Jim on the cover of that book. And uh, I was like, well, that's that's almost a dead ringer. <laughs> so you know i never considered that brushy bill you know if he was really billy yeah it wouldn't be nice to imagine billy uh 
tracking down Jim and being like, you know, let me ride with you and break some horses and, mm-hmm. you know, be like old days. <laughs> just kind of keeping a circumference outside of New Mexico, Wyoming, Colorado, Texas, but just to stand outside of New Mexico. Right. Where charges were still waiting for you. Um, you've got another. Well, no, go ahead, please. I, I, I just like to add, I forgot to mention this, the, the one intriguing thing that that occurred to me about the brushy bill. Jim French connection was that as much as Brushy knew about the story of Billy and as many things as he recollected, he never once I've searched all, you know, I have about all the books on Brushy uh, that Morrison and, and folks after him put out. I've never found one instance where he's mentioned Jim French, Uh, you know, like when he talks about, you know, when we shot Brady, he'd say me and wait ran out, me and, Mm -hmm. and Tom wait ran out to get the guns and, and things where Jim French was involved, he just he's not included in Brushy's language. And I thought, kind of odd, like maybe if you didn't want that connection, maybe someone back then knew, like, hey, wow, Jim is Jim French. Uh, maybe you wouldn't want connected, like you wouldn't want people knowing that you worked with him or that might have been where you got your story. I don't know. I just thought it odd that Brushy never mentioned Jim French. But, and and maybe maybe protecting uh, his buddy. True. Uh, um, you know, maybe just, so. Uh, uh, now, all those guys, other than Billy and Bowdry, would have been able to uh, claim the governor's amnesty. So as far as we know, there weren't True. any charges yeah. that followed Jim French. But I don't know that that Billy or Brushy or whoever, uh, you know, was astute enough to to know that and maybe just thought, hey, maybe I better just leave this guy out of it. Um, so, yeah, another, That's a good point. another yeah. fascinating possibility. Um, you have uh, another, uh, let's call it either incredible coincidence or uh, incredible discovery uh, that focuses around Max Miller, who we know for sure was the adopted son of uh, John Miller. You want to tell us about that one? Yeah. Um, this probably, you know, and I apologize about the length that I spoke about Wild Jim because I tend to go on tangents and rants. We got nothing. We got nothing but time, you're, James. You're, Don't worry. You're like, man, I'm gonna have to edit out 15 minutes of this guy's. No, uh, I've heard rambling, from people. But... <laughs> I've heard pe- people say, "Oh, I love listening to the podcast at night before I go to sleep because I wind up falling asleep to it." So we're doing great. Right? Oh, great! I can lull him to sleep. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but yeah, this this actually, you know, I'm not as well versed on John Miller, uh, because honestly, I don't think there's as much out there, um, as there is brushy wise because john never publicly claimed to be billy he didn't sit down for extensive interviews and things like that but um i i was reading this book it's a collection of essays and and works by uh, philip brash i think that's how you pronounce it Mm -hmm. Um, and it's called trailing billy the kid and it's just a number of articles and one concerns uh children that billy may have had and he's gone through the potential possibilities, the rumors, things like that. And uh, there's a passage in that piece, just a, just one sentence roundabout spent on it. It says, uh, comparatively recently, the granddaughter of a formal, former sheriff of Lincoln County who wishes to remain unidentified told this writer that the kid had an illegitimate son, Ramon, by... Juanita Montoya called Tuyita because she had a paralyzed hand. Uh, Ramon is said to have chopped his wife to pieces with an axe and to have died in prison. So far, the writer has been unable to locate 
any record which appears to pertain to this case. So Philip Rush there states that you know, he heard from uh, an anonymous source that Billy the Kid had a son named Ramon uh, by a woman with a paralyzed hand. Um, and I, I thought it was weird because, you know, Max's name was always Max mm-hmm. in, in all the stories. But uh, in the first census that Max shows up, his name is listed as Roman. Mm-hmm. And when I read this passage in Rash, I was like, man, Roman would be a real convenient way to like misspell Ramon. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, I always thought, well, if, if John Miller were really Billy, then that's not his adopted son. That's really his son. And he's just using the, the adoption thing as a cover. Uh, it became more intriguing when I was listening to your podcast about uh, Luis and uh, your conversations with Billy. Um, <laughs> that, uh, that, hey, what if John Miller, as a friend of Billy's, adopted him, Ramon, and and that would explain why Luis's children were visiting Arizona because they had a half brother living here uh, under the care of John Miller. Uh, yeah, and very it fascinating. It would have made sense that I mean, if that's the case, obviously it's a big supposition. But um, look, Billy's, yeah, yeah. Billy's got to get out of New Mexico wherever he goes. He's got to go, and it's probably not the best place to be taking a you know an infant or you know a toddler um, on the run. Right. And so maybe you do cut a deal with one of your buddies. Hey, you know, I, I need you to take care of my kid because I can't do it. You know, if I stay here, I'll be dead. Um, this is certainly possible. It, it The thing that's always amazed me or or fascinated me is the thought that Billy had children and, and possibly, and I'd even say probably more than one child. I don't know the... Uh, <laughs> that the uh gosh the sexual norms of 1880 fort sumner i don't know if it was you know like uh sodom and gomorrah there i don't know how proper (laughs) um these uh you know these uh catholic girls were i just don't know but i got to imagine that these young girls and there's a, a guy you know, this young man who speaks Spanish well and people seem to like, and he's pretty good natured. I mean, he's probably not the best looking guy, but, but he seemed to, you know, everybody seemed to like him. It's like he can have his pick of these women. So was Billy this devout one woman man? Did he fall for somebody and, and, you know, pledge to stay side by side forever? Or did he do what probably a lot of, you know, 18, 19 year olds would do and go, Hey, you know what? Might as well sample everything. And uh, I would imagine if that's the case, there's got to be, or there had to be some, some children left behind children dying young was nothing, um, you know, was not un, unheard of during those times. Um, but certainly rumored that, uh, that Billy had two daughters with Abrana Garcia, uh, both of which who, who died pretty young. So maybe so. So Max Miller could be Roman Miller, Ramon Miller, well, and could have been maybe the son of Billy the Kid, either over overseen by Billy himself as John Miller or by Billy's friend, John Miller, who may have taken the kind of taken the heat for him so he could get away. Pretty fascinating. Well, is, there, know, is there anywhere left to go down this thread? I, I don't I don't know. Um, probably not. And, and that's these are the kind of coincidences that just fascinate me and and really keep the fuel burning for me they really just keep the fire going for me because it's just it's so intriguing i mean what you've got one source over here that says hey here's the rumor that 
you know, from a granddaughter of a sheriff of Lincoln who says that Billy had a son named Ramon. And then, you know, Max, over here on this side uh, of a John Miller Billy claim, you've got Max, who was Max his whole life, except on this one early census, and he's Roman. And it's like, man, that you can't make this stuff up. No. And, you know, as good a dancer as Billy was, he probably has more kids than Henry VIII, you know? <laughs> probably so. <laughs> you, you know what? The the thing that, that really, uh, you know, I, I look at and go, gosh, if you just, if you had DNA from whoever oh, Billy yeah. was, and then you could plug it into a DNA database, I just imagine it like lighting up like a Christmas tree from the bottom going up, like all these connections of people that you had no idea and they had no idea about because, you know, the commonly held conception is, you know, he, he got shot and killed when he was 20 or 21 years old in Fort Sumner had no next of, I mean, his brother died and that that's a story for another day, you know, cause you're researching that, but, <laughs> but that's, but that's kind of it for Billy. And that, yeah. you know, he left a b- bunch of brokenhearted senoritas, but but maybe not. I mean, maybe there's dozens or hundreds of Billy the Kid relatives out there today that have no idea. All we need yeah, and that, is a shovel and yeah. a strong back, and we can find out. That's what I'm telling you. I would love it. And, and that's what – I don't know. I know when you order a test from Ancestry.com or from 23andMe, you spit in a tube and you send it off. Um, I would love to know how to take the DNA from what we've got on the carpenter's table and from mm-hmm. what we've got you know, and John Miller's uh, DNA, how do we apply that to those same tests? I mean, it's going to, it's going to bring back tons of relatives. All you got to do is search the McCarty surname. If there's an abundance of McCarty or an abundance of Bonnie, it's like, okay, okay, here we go. It seems like we can solve this question in like five minutes. Mm -hmm. We could just have it solved. I don't understand why we don't do that. Yeah. And that's, (laughs) of course, I would love to dig up. I would love to dig up the graves. I, you know, I know a lot of people don't, uh, I just, we would know boom right there you know but so uh (laughs) there's and you know there's a variety of things you could find there you could find a side of beef which uh i I, somebody had written that and i i said well you know by now it would be beef jerky for sure um uh, a saddle a box of rocks um billy barlow a mexican sheep herder uh you know just just a, a variety of things um but you're right and in fact, with the DNA picture, which you can do now, we'd at least get kind of a general idea of what the the deceased looked like, and uh, it would oh, bring yeah. you a lot closer. If you, you know, if the deceased looked like a dark skinned, you know, Mexican that was in his fifties, all right, that's not Billy the Kid. But if it looked like an, you know an Anglo kid who was you know early twenties, you know, light skin, at least you got something to go on. So, yeah, I'll get the shovel. You do the digging. I'll I'll be looking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So um, also you've been tracking some uh, potential connections to Billy's family origins in Massachusetts. Now the, the commonly accepted story is Catherine came to New York, lived, uh, you know, somewhere in the Bowery, you know, downtown uh, Manhattan, maybe married, maybe didn't somebody named uh, uh, McCarty uh, and blah, 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 blah. But Massachusetts, where'd that come from? Yeah. And, and I'll preface that by saying that's probably true. Billy probably came from New York City uh, as one of hundreds of thousands of undocumented folks we can't trace. And that's just probably the sad truth. But I've, I've found this, these connections that I thought were pretty interesting and worth a look. Um, I don't think I've disproven it yet to my satisfaction. Uh, I feel like 
some of my researcher friends probably would would toss it out real quick. But uh, the thing that got me started, I was searching, I was researching for you know the various Michael McCarty's, and there's a ton of them um, at that time in that area. And I came across uh, there was this publication called the Boston Pilot, and there's a section in that journal. Uh, searching for missing friends uh, it's irish immigrant advertisements placed in the boston pilot uh, and there's a notice in 1866 that says uh they're looking for michael and Catherine mccarty when last heard from were in new york june 17 1864 left for san francisco placed four children in the home of St. Francis on said date and have not been heard of since. Address Sister Anthony, care of Reverend J.M. Panati, Brooklyn, Brookline, Massachusetts. Um, so I thought, you know, there is, it's not so common as finding a Michael McCarty that you find a Michael McCarty with a Catherine McCarty in the same mention as New York in the same time frame. Um, so that got me wondering. I, I got to digging on that. Um, and I found this, this newspaper article and it's, it's quite a long article and it talks about a, uh, Mrs. McCarty, whose husband, Michael McCarty was a fisherman in Gloucester, Massachusetts. Uh, and he died in 1863. Uh, he was a fisherman and his boat was out and near George's bank and he was lost at sea. He drowned. And she had four children, and she placed them in a home, a Catholic school, although she herself was Presbyterian. And um, she traveled by steamship from New York to San Francisco. And while she was in San Francisco, she learned that the school where she placed her children had burned down one daughter had died and the other three children had been placed in families in the surrounding area uh, when she learned that she came back to massachusetts she got her children and the newspaper assumed she was headed back to san francisco um, so all that is within the time frame the short span of time before Catherine shows up in the Indianapolis directory uh, around 1867. So we've got a Catherine McCarty married to a Michael McCarty with three surviving children um, who, you know, fills in the gap from 1863 to about 1866 or 67. Um, so I thought that was compelling. And so I, um, I went to the census records for Gloucester and I found the, the Catherine and Michael and Catherine's maiden name was Catherine Powers. Um, they had a son and his name was Charles Henry McCarty. Uh, and he lived to be one year old and he died. His cause of death was tuberculosis. They had a second son who was baptized a week after the first son died, and they named him Charles Henry 
McCarthy, which I found very oh, odd. Yeah. And kind of creepy. Yeah. Yeah. And they had two daughters and another son. And his the son's name was not Joseph. That's one of the biggest obstacles I have right now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one of the daughters died in the fire in the uh, Catholic orphanage school that they were placed in. Um, so the, the biggest obstacles I have with this theory is the fact that Joseph is unaccounted for. But Joseph... Uh, Joe McCarty, in a census, I believe it's the 1900 census, says that he was born in April of 1863 in New York. Um, The missing friends notice says that Catherine was in New York uh, up until June of 1864. If Michael died in 1863, perhaps there was another child born somewhere in between then. Also explaining why Joe would have been a half brother. Um, so, what all these things I put together requires some some assumptions. Perhaps Catherine didn't take all the children back with her. Uh, perhaps on her way back to San Francisco, she ended up in Indiana. Um, but I I also did learn that doctors during that time would recommend that if you were a if you had a diagnosis of tuberculosis uh work aboard a steamship could be therapeutic so i thought it also was interesting that Catherine took a steamship took a job on a steamship that went around cape horn uh south america up to san francisco uh if the first child died of tuberculosis perhaps she had it as far back as then and so it wasn't a quick deteriorating disease that propped up in Wichita and then they had to just suddenly move. What if she'd been dealing with that her whole life? Um, at least as long as Billy had been alive. But um, but that requires a lot of assumptions. It, it's it's a, a lot that I've researched and uh, it's probably not the case. But I found it intriguing that you know the son's name was Henry. It, Michael and Catherine were together they were placed in new york uh catherine traveled as far as san francisco so putting her in indiana wouldn't be too much more of a leap um did she leave a couple children behind in good homes it said one child was in a very bad home uh so maybe that was billy maybe he was put in it with a bad family and she said i'm taking him but the others were in better families than she could have provided it's hard to say uh it said she was a Protestant, but she put her children in a Catholic home. Well, we know she got married in a Presbyterian church. Uh, just interesting things like that. It, I make me think it's worth looking into. Um, in all reality, yeah, he's probably born in New York, like everybody says. But I like chasing these things. I like if it's disproven, it's just one more thing I can rule out. Can you track this, Catherine McCarty? exclusive of the Catherine McCarty that we all, you know, know as Billy's mother. In other words, after uh, she would have shown up in Wichita, is is there some record well, of this woman elsewhere? No, that's the thing. I can't find her. I can't find her or any of the children after she leaves Massachusetts. So that's, I can't just, like, I can't find them and say, oh, no, there she is. This is the Catherine Powers McCarty with Charles Henry and 
and that's them. So they're definitely not Billy's parents, and it's not Billy. It's like no, they disappear too. So they both disappeared. Hmm. Um, and and also what I find interesting is this Catherine McCarty, this Catherine Powers. Um, most of the records from Massachusetts say that she was born in or that she was Irish. Uh, but one record says she was born in France. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about Catherine McCarty being French or Irish, you know, and I'm like, here she, here's both in this one person. And it's like she was Irish, but born in France. It's, it's like all these things crop up and everything you research, these little coincidences and just make you hang on a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's, hey, in your research, I'm curious, how often do you find whether it be in newspaper articles or census records where people's names are either misspelled or another name is substituted, you know, Michael Powers instead of Michael McCarty or Michael Powers McCarty. Like, is that a common thing from the census from those days? Yeah. I do a lot of genealogy too in my own family and it, there's so much wrong information out there. That's why I like, you almost sound like, you know, I feel I feel insane when I'm talking about this stuff because there's like that meme on the internet of, of the guy from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and he's connecting all these lines on this map and <laughs> and he just looks crazy and it's like that's how you feel because I'm like well the newspaper says this but it's probably wrong but <laughs> I have to follow this uh, you know because the newspaper article in this instance is like hey. Catherine got her three children and they all sailed away and, and they're happy. And I'm like, well, you know, that's probably just written for fluff, you know, who knows what happened. Um, so I try to take like the, the barest details and I know that you make jumps and you make assumptions, but you almost have to do it. Um, my, I, I was stuck for the longest time on my own family searching for my great grandparents and my grandfather filled out a death certificate and said that his father's father's name was Frank. So I spent years looking for this guy named Frank only to find out the guy's name was Seymour. And so, I mean, this stuff happens so much, not even close. And I'm like, was he just lying? Was my grand grandfather just making something up? Was he wrong? Was he ill informed or, or what were records switched? You know, were they uh, replicated and then they just looked at the wrong record. This stuff, it's so prevalent, it, it drives you nuts. And I'm sure that that happens so much with, with this Billy stuff. I mean, newspapers are inaccurate. They get things wrong, you know? <laughs> it's just, it's horrible, and it, it does. It, it causes a lot of frustration. Yeah, and I, I had recounted on an earlier episode my uh, experience with the census taker um, in that we have, you know, a home in two different states, and when when the, she showed up at my door, this is two years back in Texas, she she just kind of demanded, well, you know, your wife, your son, they're here. No, they're not here. Well, how many live in this house? So we were definitely counted twice. I could have told her my son's name was uh, Billy the Kid, probably, and she would have written it down. It just seemed like she was punching up, you know, had to punch a number and then move on to oh, the yeah. next thing. And I can imagine in those days, if you're a census taker and you're riding, you know, you got to ride hours between, you know, ranches to find, you know, somebody's there. You probably got to get some information the best you can. And then you got to move on to the next place. You can't spend two days camped out waiting for somebody else to show up to tell you an alternate story or the truth. You just take the best information you get 
and then you keep counting. So that, uh, and we that have no context. We have no context about why that happened or, well, this was two different census takers. Like my third great grandparents are on the 1880 census in the same town. They're on there twice and they have different ages and different <laughs> middle initials. Wow. Crazy. Uh, it's, it's unreal. I mean, it drives you crazy. And, and yep. you throw someone like Billy into the mix who has very little trace and you're like the the few records that we do have you're like man how, can, how much can we trust these <laughs> so another one that you've looked into is uh our, back to our friend john miller um and uh, his time in new mexico later in life um you found a connection to taylor ely um tell us about that one i always wondered about taylor um he was always taylor ely and his wife were always very uh, favorable in their memories of Billy. Um, they always seem to have good things to say uh, in the the few recollections they've left. And <clears throat> I was always kind of fascinated by, you know, they kind of skipped town and, and were never heard from again, but they ended up going, and, and I may mispronounce this. Uh, that's another thing. I, you know, living in West Virginia and reading about all this, I don't <laughs> know the names. And like in West Virginia, we have a town called hurricane but it's spelled hurricane so if you call it hurricane we know you're out of town right so um but but the elys went from lincoln to uh do mission work among the zuni and, and i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right but you got that one right um all right uh so that's very close where the zuni were settled very close to where john miller ended up and i thought man what you know what if john miller headed that direction because he knew the Ely's were there. Um, now I haven't researched it extensively. I'd like to know when the Ely's left that area, how long they stayed there, things like that. But, uh, you know, even if their presence there didn't overlap, perhaps that's where he heard from it, you know, heard about it. Uh, they spent some time among the Zuni and then John Miller basically ends up right at their doorstep. Um, now I probably will mispronounce is it, is it, Rama or Rama? Well, it just depends who you ask. I'll just call it Rama okay. because that's easier. So you you call it whichever one. Well, you that want. that that's that's where John ends up, you know, and that's that's right there where the, where the Elys are or were. So I was wondered if we could research that connection and see if if we could place John Miller and the Elys in any kind of proximity. Uh, it would just be one more, you know, coincidence. I I also don't believe John Miller was Billy, but uh, it sure is fascinating. And he always fascinated me a little more than Brushy. Um, yeah, the the thing yeah, with yeah. Miller, obviously, is that he just kind of shows up in history. Um, and uh, he's it's pretty hard to work backwards from before August 8th or whenever he you know, showed up in Las Vegas well, to figure that, exactly where he came from. That's the thing. I've never found the record or any documentation about that August 1881 marriage. Mm -hmm. um, I know that it's it's in uh, I think is it Miss Erie's book uh, Erie's yes, last Helen name? Erie. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, I, I've read her book, and that's the only you know those anecdotes and recollections are the only uh, source for that that marriage that I I can find. Uh, I think she even names the uh, priest that officiates it, but I can't even find record of that priest. Uh, I would love to. That's actually one of my it's on my to do list is to try to find record, but uh, it always kind of bothered me that, you know, say, hey, 
if he really did get married in 1881 with a gunshot wound and a, a gun on his hip, uh, man, that's that's a pretty good little coincidence that, that really fits the bill. But I've just never been able to document that with any external source. And that's yeah. always been something that's bothered me with both Rushy and John is that it seems like every Billy claimant has a trunk full of evidence that they, they just love to show you, but they can't. <laughs> Well, that's, you know, that is interesting, right? Where are the mysterious trunks? Because there's two, right? right? There's John yeah. Miller's trunk, which uh, seems to have existed because uh, that was presumably where he and Isadora kept a little glass jar with some gold. But after the fire, which ultimately took the life of yeah. Isadora, there's there's reports that, you know, they're scraping this gold, you know, off the floor, um, you know, that so the trunk probably burnt up. So how did a, you know, a, a probate court officer go start running around with it? But people have said right. that they, they, they bought the gun out of the trunk to a, a collector in Canada has that, but Brushy had a trunk too. Um, yeah. Presumably with a jar with the teeth in it. And he had some other documents, he had his guns, you know, all that stuff. And that trunk went away. So I yeah. wonder if there's somebody sitting there listening right now going, <laughs> you jerks, I have the trunk and I'm not showing it to you. <laughs> but you would think with so much prominence to the story of Billy the Kid that if somebody really had it at this point, I mean, they'd have engaged an attorney or somebody and said, hey, we got this. And if you want to see it, yeah. you know, write me a check for $10 million or whatever it might be. Um, or somebody has it and they just have no idea what they have. Yeah. And, and, you know, from my research uh, at this point, I, I almost hate to say it and, and you kind of touched upon it earlier, but I kind of feel like William Morrison was in on it. Um, and, and I don't like to think that because I, I've read, you know, he seemed like a good guy, you know, and he seemed like he was just out to get to the truth. Um, but the reason I say that is I've never I've never found a record of, uh, I think his name was Joe Hines. Um, Joe Hines, yeah. I've, I've never found any probate information uh, in the area he mentioned about his brother. I've never found any mention of Joe Hines. Uh, that would really fit the bill in Florida and things like that. So I, I kind of feel like whatever was going on with J. Frank Dalton and uh, all of that mess that they were all in, I, I feel like maybe there was no Joe Hines and William Morrison was just like, look, I'll say I met this dude in Florida. I'll say he was Jesse Evans and then we'll go from there. Um, but I, I just don't believe like, I mean, he, he said he inspected Brushy for the, the gunshot wounds. He looked at this trunk and, and he handled Brushy's family Bible that had all these, you know, in, this information in it. Uh, that's just not, not there. And then Brushy's uh, cousin or or some relative said, no, I mean, I have the Bible and it, it has the right family uh, info in it. And um, I just I hate to think it, but I, I feel like maybe maybe Morrison was in on it. Um, you know, it yeah, sucks, that was but... uh, Geneva Pittman, I think that you were uh, yeah, yeah. talking about. Yep, yeah, that's right. You have the, the letter that she wrote uh, where she said, um, you know, I I know my uncle is not Billy the Kid, um, but we haven't seen the Bible. The other thing that, that gives you a challenge right. with, with yeah. Brushy's story is you don't get to hear the tapes. What you get to hear That's is a true. transcription yeah. of the tapes by Morrison. 
and those would that would not be admissible in a court of law because Morrison was not an a, a, a an official in the court. So if a stenographer or a transcriptionist took that and presented it, it would be legal. But this is the guy who's trying to prove that Brushy's the kid, and he's saying, "Here's what the tape said." Um, yeah, I uh, I have some. Uh, I have a lot of, uh, you know, stuff people confide in me with stuff and I have to be careful with it. Um, but I have some stuff to add to this conversation at a later episode, uh, probably, oh, cool. uh, yeah, probably a little bit later on this year, uh, where we'll talk more about some of the research into Brushy and Miller and those kind of things, but, um, still fascinating. It's really crazy. It's wild. We've talked so much about it because I, you know, I really don't spend a lot of time on John Miller or Brushy. Uh, I did it, you know, when I first got into all this, but I've just kind of ruled them out in my head, not in a antagonistic sort of way. I think it would be cool if we had more solid evidence on either one, but uh, it's just, it, 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 it's almost farcical when you're like, wait, so you're the, the outlaw who had really prominent front teeth that got somehow shot out the night you were supposed to die (laughs) and you showed up and, and your cousin's mom thought you were your, decades younger cousin who you know it's just like i don't know man these are some leaps and uh as a genealogist you know when you when you look for someone's family where they say they were there's at least always at least just a little trace of it and with brushy i was never able to find anyone he talked about in the right place you know and so it always kind of shot holes in it for me um, I, I want to, uh, I don't want you to divulge anything, but uh, I have had a couple emails, people talking about, hey, when Sus- Susan Stevenson was on, she talked about this research into Billy's family and Jill and uh, w- what's going on. And so I told them the truth. I said, I don't know. I just know there's some research going on and there will be an article written at some point, I think. So can, do you have an idea of where that investigation is when p- you might be able to reveal more about Man, that? I'm- I'm super excited about what we found. Um, I think it's, I would love to see some more, just a little bit more documentation before we really uh, went forward with any of it. I have, I mean, I've, I've put together a kind of first draft of uh, a paper and uh, Susan has it and she's going to probably work it over and make it better or acceptable. Um, but uh I think we've got a solid uh, thing we're working on and I think it's pretty cool. Um, There's just some areas where we, it would be cool if we had some help from other people that I don't think we're going to get. And that's understandable. Um, So it's just going to take a lot more digging on our part because of that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really hard to say when we're going to get what we need. Are we, I think we've got four years away. I, w- I would hope months. Um, I mean, we've, we've got the core. I mean, we've got something we could present now, but I would just, you know, when you, when you come out with anything, you, you want as much in your bag as, as you can get. And I just want to make sure we get it all. Uh, so we've got a lot, but. Based on what you found so far, don't tell us what it is. Is it, uh, is this like a big reveal? Is this shocking? Is this, uh, stuff that people would have no idea about. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to say it's, <laughs> cool. uh, and I, I want to say it's um, right now it's, 
it's pretty awesome. But if we get what we're digging for, then it, it's going to be pretty groundbreaking. So, all right. So I'm going to ask you some it. of the questions I ask everyone that comes on the show. Uh, you've, you've kind of just answered one because I, <laughs> my question is always, Hey, is there some big discovery out there that we just don't know? Um, like, is there something so incredible that we're going to find out and kind of flip Billy's story on its ear? Well, you just said yes, but is there something besides <laughs> this particular thing that you're working on? Is there something else you're chasing that you'd love to find out that you think might still be out there? Well, there's nothing I'm chasing really aside from all that. Um, but I think there's stuff out there. I know that <clears throat> I've spent years on on something in my own personal journey with genealogy and you think you've hit a brick wall and something new comes out all the time. And, you know, it wasn't until the 1950s that <clears throat> we found a record of Antrim and Catherine getting married in a Presbyterian church in mm -hmm. Santa Fe. Before that, you could say they were married in Colorado or you could say they were married in Kansas and nobody really knew. And that's kind of where we are with a lot of things right now. But <clears throat> I know it's been so long, but this stuff just comes out at the craziest times that someone may unearth a box in some old archive and, and just make a find that's going to rewrite the script. And uh, I think it happens and I think it could happen any day. And I think it'd be exciting when it does. <clears throat> Shoot, we, you know, somebody may find Billy's parents. Somebody may finally crack that code and, you know, get some decisive info on that. I, that's what I would love to see. That drives me crazy. I, I just, I would love to know that story. Yep. Okay. Uh, so July 14th, 1881, somewhere before midnight, Fort Sumner, New Mexico. You're there. Tell us what you think happened. Oh man, what I, it, I think Billy died that night. Um, I don't, I'm very open to the idea that it did not go down like the official Garrett record says it did. Um, I consider the possibility that he was ambushed uh, with a gal. Um, he could have been in bed. He could have been asleep. Uh, it could have happened in a number of ways. Uh, not to say that it couldn't have happened the way Pat said it happened. It's very, the, the core of that, narrative has a very surprising oh you just would have never guessed it happened and kind of feel to it sure it could have went down like that um but there's just a, a few weird things about the narrative that that give me pause um and you know one thing i've always found interesting is is kip mckinney uh he never said much about it you know poe and garrett wrote books they talked extensively at certain times on it uh, sometimes Garrett wouldn't but Kit McKinney was pretty tight-lipped about it all uh, and on, on a few occasions he gave different versions uh, at, at one time Kip said that they ambushed Billy and that he was the one that fired the shots I always <laughs> thought that was weird like why would he make this stuff up and tell different people different things um, and you know I think it was Poe uh, in one newspaper article, it was a relative of Poe's. It could have been Poe's brother or maybe some other a cousin or something that said that Poe told him never own a pearl-handled gun because that's how we saw 
Billy in the dark. <laughs> and that that's that's how we shot him. And I was like, man, like all these that's what I love about newspapers is you find all these accounts and these little blurbs and these articles that are like off the beaten path and you're like, oh, okay, well there's something new. Um and then uh, there's that that source that said that uh some some woman wrote that she overheard Poe tell someone, you know, that it's not the official story. We did this to protect the integrity of a woman or something mm-hmm. like that. So there's just some fishy stuff going on there. And I, I think it, it's very likely he was ambushed in a very <clears throat> dishonorable fashion. But uh, I wouldn't want to face Billy in an honorable fashion. You probably wouldn't have gotten out of it alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most likely not. And kind of uncharacteristic of, of Billy, who was, I mean, he was not a, a, a wanton, wanton killer, you know, just going out and killing no. the cause, but uncharacteristic of him to draw his weapon and then not use it. And, and essentially draw his weapon well, twice. I mean, if he passed absolutely. the guys on the porch and then that's... Well, yeah, you pass two people you don't know on the porch and you proceed to go into a room and ask who it is. Oh, man, he would have backed away from that real quick. Yeah. <laughs> So, and, uh, and you know, I mean, well, actually, uh, Michael, I just forgot what I was going to say. So <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay. <laughs> so if we get that shovel, we dig down, are we in the right spot um, underneath the cement there, at least for, for whatever was buried there? Are we in the right spot? Or do you think that uh, it's probably somewhere else in that cemetery? Well, you know, I never gave it much thought, uh, but I just listened to a podcast of yours where you talked about that. And I thought it was very fascinating. You were talking about the um, that book um, about Billy's grave and how they were saying that uh, was it when Four had marked it out, he, mm-hmm. he had Foyard or, or Beaudry or someone a little ways off and then Billy and Charlie were right beside each other or something. Yeah, almost um, a whole, like if you had a row behind and then a yeah. row in front, two of the graves were in the front row. And one was an entire row behind, so at least six foot. I mean, yeah. if it was a foliar, he's you know he was taller than six foot. So, um, so it would have been uh, if if you put the marker, if you split the difference, then really nobody would be completely underneath that cement. They they'd all be hanging either their head <laughs> yeah. or feet hanging out, um, or you put it over two or one, and then the other ones are, you know, pretty you know at least six foot away. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I've never been to New Mexico. I used to live in Phoenix when I was a kid, but I've never been to New Mexico. And, uh, you know, I don't know the area, but I feel like just given the nature of old cemeteries and how long that's been there, that we probably have no idea where he's buried in that area. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think a flood washed him away or anything. I just think, I mean, I, I just read an article from 1904 or so today. Um, and, uh, Garrett had taken uh, Emerson out there and talked to him and showed him the spot where Billy was buried and it said it took him a while to find it and there were no markers. So it was like, how do we, how do we even know, you know? Right. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know a lot about that subject and I'd like to read that book you were talking about. And aren't you doing a, a thing on it, digging Billy? Uh, yeah. So uh, we've, we've shot a documentary, almost all the footage for, and it's not so much on the actual, well, certainly not digging up Billy, but it's more yeah. of why, why can't we, in other words, what's right. the driving forces that we can't get somebody 
in Heiko to say, or Hamilton uh, County, I guess, to say, you know what? Yeah, let's right. get some DNA from this guy. Let's get some from Fort Sumner. Let, uh, let's just figure it out once and for all, because wherever the the truth is, that's where it should lie. Um, and and we just don't know. There's too much. Uh, there's too much innuendo and rumor and speculation. So well, that's really what the you made a really good point. You made a great point about you know I always just figured it was money, but then you were like, no, you can check the records. This is not about money. Yeah, it's like, not. Yeah. I was like, you know what? He's probably right. I never really thought about it, but there's probably not a lot of money floating around over this. That's a that's a common refrain from people who are, you know, they I mean they just believe whatever they've been told or they're just right. kind of uninitiated in it, but they go, Oh, you know, Billy's worth millions and millions of tourist dollars to New Mexico. Well, he might be worth a lot of tourist dollars to New Mexico, but he's not to Fort Sumner. I mean, that's just and and I don't think anybody there would dispute that. Fort Sumner is a very small right. town. Uh, losing their younger population because there's not enough jobs there. It's a tough, I mean, it's a, it's a great little place and the people are wonderful, but it's, it's hanging on by its fingernails. Um, and there's, there's just not the, there's no economy around Billy the Kid. There's just the grave. You just go to the grave. Maybe you go to the museum and you go somewhere else. You go to Clovis, you go to Roswell, you yeah. go to Albuquerque. And so it's not money for them. And they told me it's not money. They said, no, it's not, it's, we just can't let it go. We can't let the legend go. You know, it's, it's ours. We, we, we have it. And I could understand that. Um, I don't think uh, that Heiko would uh, uh, pack up their things and crawl away. If brushy bill was proven not to be Billy, the kid, Uh, you know, Heiko is a great little town, you know, in that area of Texas, it's got lots of shops and it's great. It's a, it's a place where people flock to, and not to walk in the steps of brushy Bill Roberts. So yeah, it's not money, um, which makes it tough because usually money can buy you things, you know, like access yeah. <laughs> and uh, here you can't, you can't, you can't buy the legend. So the people are holding on to it pretty tight. Well, I read, I read Steve's book and, and that was actually, I mean, I really loved it. I love, that was one of the coolest books I've read on the subject. And um, that was one of the most intriguing things in the book for me was when, you know, they talk to the guy at the store and he's like, you don't know what you'll find. I do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, that just makes me want to grab a shovel myself and see what we're going to find. Yeah. So that's David Bailey, <laughs> I mean, former mayor of Fort Sumner. I have interviewed him for the documentary. Um, and, uh, and um, it'll be interesting. And I've interviewed people that have a, a differing viewpoint from him. Uh, and yeah. so, yeah, when we get around to that one uh, later this year, you know, you'll you'll figure out all, all the stuff that we heard. But uh, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty fascinating to me. Um, I I really do look at it, regardless of what the outcome is. There's one body of William H. Bonney, and there was one end. Whether it was yeah. on the street of Heiko in 1950, Fort Sumner in 1881, uh, the Prescott Pioneers' home in 1937, or Chihuahua, Mexico, in Right. Uh, 19th, you know, wh- whatever it might be, there's one and everything else really is somebody else just trying to steal history from wherever the rightful, uh, you know, final resting place is. And for that, I think we should know the answer and, and just restore history to the one place it belongs, not to four or five or six places. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I, I'm fascinated by, by the whole mythology. I, it, it amazes me how captivating that this this one young man from you know lincoln new mexico or or fort sumner you know has 
cast such a large shadow over American history and, and the world. You know, I've got friends in Australia and Sweden and, uh, you know, England that we, I mean, everybody's fascinated by Billy. And it's fascinating how a story can take such a, become such a mythological, powerful tale. And that's what drives me, you know? And I, I don't think that would be hurt. That wouldn't be damaged by finding out that he was Rushdie Bill or that he was John Miller or that he died in Fort Sumner in 1881. Uh, and in a sense, that mythology would still encapsulate Rushdie and John. They're all a part of it. And uh, that's what drives me. And I don't, I really don't understand the hesitation or the, the pushback against the truth or the, the facts. Uh, there's still plenty of room for, all the speculation and mythology and legends you want, it's all there, you know, no matter what comes to light. So uh, it's just something I've never understood. Yeah. And, and I guess the thing that, that I always keep in mind or would like people to remember that is again, no matter what up through midnight, April 14, uh, I'm sorry, July 14, 1881, everything that happened within the, you know, life and times of Billy Bonnie happened right here happened you know basically as it was said anything you know after that if anything came after that would just be in addition to this would have been a jumping off point to you know probably the most spectacular cover-up in the history of the old west may you know maybe saving oh, for Butch sure. cassidy and the sundance kid but um, yeah so yeah there's there's almost no losers in it if if it's brushy yeah. bill or yeah. miller or somebody else um, and if it's not, then, you know, Fort Sumner can, they can rest in peace. And, um, so who knows, but, uh, I've got made sense to me though. Like why would Pat, you know, Pat killed Tom, he killed Charlie. Uh, I just don't understand why all of a sudden it would be like, okay, Billy, get out of here. I mean, he was, he's yeah. pretty intent on, on doing the deed. Yeah, I, I, that, that's, that's, uh, that's a head scratcher that he would get that close. I mean, he showed no compunction against killing people he thought were Billy or with Billy. Right, exactly. Uh, you know, kind of firing Sucks to into be the, Charlie or Tom. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so why get to that point? And you still don't know. Yeah. I mean, even to Garrett's, um, uh, to, you know, Garrett's explanation, he wasn't sure other than he heard a voice, but he couldn't see who he was shooting at. So oh, yeah. same thing with, Folliard, right? I mean, he's shot kind of in the dark. Well, not kind of, he's shot in the right, dark. Yeah. Uh, Boudry is shot before he can even establish who he is. So, you know, why why all of a sudden would Garrett stop shooting at shadows? Um, especially if he thought he was going to be killed because he certainly didn't have, you know, numbers or any uh, advantage on his side. So it is a mystery that will go on until we uh, start digging billy oh let me tell you a fun anecdote uh, about that when we went to fort sumner this was november of 2020 um to film the first set of interviews down at the uh the building adjacent to the cemetery um and uh my buddy gerald klein who uh, was at that time working with the chamber of commerce and also a city councilor came and he said um i got a call from the mayor this morning and uh he said there, there's some filmmakers coming down here uh, and they're going to be digging up Billy. Is that, is that what they're doing? Almost like, like we were in control, like we, we could do it and he couldn't stop it. And Gerald said, no, that was no, your no. moment. <laughs> yeah, I should have. And Gerald said, no, 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 that's just the name of the, 
it's just the name of the documentary. They're not digging anything up. <laughs> but it wasn't some armed response, you know, where the National Guard flew in and protected the grave. It was, are they really going to be digging them up? So uh, I thought that was kind of interesting that, uh, <laughs> that there's not a contingency or I emergency could, plan in place. Uh, I could see you seizing that moment and being like, uh, yeah, that's exactly what we're <laughs> Yeah, doing. yeah, that's what we're here for. Uh, give, <laughs> give us an hour or two. So, uh, yeah. James, this has been fun. Hey, tell us uh, quickly about your musical. What's, uh, what is the name of it? Uh, what's the status of it? And when and where are we going okay. to see it? Well, uh, so right now it's just working titles, just Billy the Kid. Um, it's kind of branched off when I, when around the time the pandemic started, I really kind of like renewed this fascination with Billy. I grew up watching Young Guns, you know, we all grew up, so many kids love Billy the Kid, you know, but something happened around March in my quarantine isolation to where I was like, man, I, I'm going to, I'm going to read about this guy. And then reading about this guy became like 50 books on my shelf and tons of ebooks and uh, a lot of, a lot of time spent and so I was going to write a, a novel I wanted to write a book and uh, I was going to call it the death and resurrection of Henry McCarty and uh, so that's been kind of my working title for for this this thing I wanted to create um, I don't know if I'll carry that title over into the musical um, it's odd that to me that I wrote a musical I never set out to do that uh, it's so weird but uh, I have some theater background and, and that's just kind of how it happened. Uh, so right now it's just called Billy the Kid. Um, I wrote the whole, the whole script. Uh, it's completely written. It's finished. Um, I've got a team of people composing the music. Uh, I'm a songwriter. I play a lot of music. I play out a lot, uh, a lot of venues, but I don't feel that, you know, I'm more of an indie folk artist. I don't have the knack writing theatrical compositions that that span the scope of a whole show with all the different dynamics so i've put together a team of some really good musicians so they're working through the songs now you were collaborating going back and forth on ideas once that's done it's going to move to the you know stage blocking and casting and all that good stuff then we're going to get a theater around here locally uh, and put it on and then i'm hoping to ship it out i'd love to ship it out to other places so uh I hope it's good. I hope it's good enough to do that. Cool. Very cool. So uh, the, I'm I'm trying to think back. Aaron Copeland, uh, was it a ballet? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. That real early on, huh? 30s, 1930s, 20s. Yeah. Or somewhere. yeah. yeah. So you're you're following in famous footsteps here. And now I you're actually, to- you know, I looked I looked for the script to that and I looked for info on it. It's hard to find. I couldn't find anything on it. Well, um, then you then you definitely didn't steal anything from it, so we we know we're clear there. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, yeah. cool. Well, so we'll... I I do hope it's good. Yeah. You know so, the problem with writing anything like this that you love, but that you you try to be faithful to, but unfortunately, telling a story in a two-hour narrative format requires a little bit of, you know, it's not going to be historically, you know, action for action, word for word, and it's tough as a lover of history. And also because I know that, you know, all my, my people that love Billy, they're going to be like, well, that's not how it really went down. It's like, yeah, but it's just kind of the story (laughs) called for it, you know, and it, it sucks. I understand it. But at the same time, like, that's like a lot of these folks are mad at this new epics show coming Mm -hmm. out about things they've already seen in the preview. To me, it's awesome. I take the story, have fun. It's fiction. Have fun with it. it. Expand the myth, you know, take it and run with it. It's cool. Young Guns is amazing. 
Yep. Young Guns is like the the Excalibur of, of Billy movies, and it's nowhere near accurate. <laughs> yeah, not even close. And you know what? I, and I guess I've said this a few times, but almost everything we think about, we know about Billy the Kid is fiction, right? That's true. I mean, we know some yeah, of that. So yeah, we, yes, he was there when Brady was killed. Yes, he probably ran into the street and re- retrieved a rifle. But we don't, sure, did he yeah. did he say reap the whirlwind, Brady? You know, reap it. Yeah. No, he, I mean, we don't know what he said. We don't know what he ate. We don't know what color. And how did he before. feel about it? Yeah, he didn't, he didn't McSween put him up to it. Yeah, he wasn't the only yeah. guy in the old west that wore a sweater all the time. So like we don't oh, know yeah. <laughs> it's it's you got to make it up because if you don't then the movie would be 7 yeah. minutes long and then you know people yep. would be going well that was kind of boring. So uh yeah, no I agree yeah. with you. I I like seeing good writers. I loved Old Henry. Uh, I'm not, I don't think I'm spoiling oh, great movie. by this point. Yeah. Yeah, it was but fantastic. Just, yeah. just, just a great concept, really done very well, but very simply. So you got to focus on the character. Yeah. More, 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 more Billy stuff. I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. So. so that's my starting point. You know, I'm a content, I'm a content creative. I'm a writer, a musician. I mean, maybe that's why I, I don't get so bristled at, at the divisions and the disagreements. I mean, we're all doing the best we can. <laughs> that's great and that seems like a great uh great part to end on so james townsend thank you so much for spending all this time with me uh this will oh, i appreciate it thank you m- maybe the longest episode ever by the time i get done with it so uh we will uh we'll be responsible for putting the whole nation to sleep eventually so <laughs> 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 you and i teamed up and got it done but uh, please come on when uh when you get further along with the uh with the brother Joe stuff and that's public knowledge. I'd love to talk to you again about it. Excellent, man. All right. Well, James Townsend, everybody. And uh, for me and Mr. Billy, the kid we will be right back after these exciting 